Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. This episode is sponsored by my 7-Day Beat the Bloat Challenge. So ladies, if you want the tips, tricks and recipes to get you from bloated to beautiful, jump to the show notes and register now. Today I have the privilege of speaking to Heidi Gee. Heidi is an experienced sexologist and relationship therapist who believes everyone is entitled to a fulfilling sex life and relationship. So with over 10 years experience in sexual health and counselling, Heidi specialises in supporting couples and individuals who are dissatisfied with their sexual functioning, such as low libido, loss of desire or interest in sex, the inability to orgasm, whether it's painful intercourse, self-esteem, and a real focus on pleasure, connection, and education in sexuality. Today, I'm going to be talking to Heidi about one of our first taboo topics on this podcast. So low libido, orgasms, and why your hormonal imbalance is disrupting your sex life. So thank you so much for being here today, Heidi. It is a pleasure. It's lovely to meet you. And I really appreciate the time to chat to me and the listeners. Oh, thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about your story. How did you get into counselling? How did you get where you are today um, focusing on sex and relationships? Yeah, Um, well, I I get asked that a lot and I usually say that um, sexual health found me. So I didn't didn't know what I was going to do. I was um, studying counselling. And I uh, did my bachelor degree and as part of the course, we had to do a placement somewhere. And I did not know where I wanted to do placement. I did not know what area I wanted to specialise in. But the only placement I could get into was um, a a telephone counselling service helping men with um, erection issues. So I thought, okay, I'll just give it a go. This is not what I want to do and I hope I don't laugh on the phone. But after a few sessions, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is what I'm meant to do. I absolutely love it. So, um, yeah, I guess the rest fell into place. I did my master's degree in um, sexual health and I've been working in sexual health for well over 10 years I say well over 10 years and it's probably closer to like 15 or so years now so yeah so you did you did yeah undergrad in counseling then went on to specialize in the masters um and then from there you've been working or running your own clinic or how's that unfolded for you um both actually (laughs) working and um working in the industry and running my own um private practice as well Um, I just, um, I believe that a lot of the sex education out there is not accurate 
And um, I guess it just, I find it a bit disheartening that, you know, we call it taboo topics or there is a bit of a stigma when it comes to sex because sex is so natural Um, and most of us have sex and a lot of us don't know how to have sex. We're just expected to know. So I'm really passionate about teaching people about sex um, how to have fun, how to enjoy sex, and that our bodies are designed for pleasure. So what I want to know is where were you when I was in high school, you know? Like I have so many women say that to me about period pain and gut health stuff, and I'm like, I know, I know, we've got to, like even gut health stuff and poo and that kind of talk is, some people see that as a taboo topic, whereas I'm like, come on, just tell me your story. I don't care about that side of things. And I feel like you would be the same around sex. But I remember growing up and I went to uh private Christian school and obviously sex is not talked about and I remember then transitioning to a public high school and everyone was having sex and I was like I don't even really know what's going on here or much about contraception or the pill or even periods and hormones I felt a little bit behind the ball game but it's just in so many circles it's not really talked about or we're undereducated or women don't know enough about their bodies men as well but you know my primary target here is women and we don't we we just don't know that we're not talking about this stuff enough yeah that's so true I mean and that was the same with my upbringing I mean um, my sex education at school was very limited it was just you know teaching you how to put on a condom on a cucumber or a banana <laughs> to stay safe Um, You weren't taught about um, different body parts. I didn't know about the clitoris. And, um, you know, you're taught to not fall pregnant and you weren't taught about pleasure. And also my upbringing, you know, with my my cultural background and all. And um, I wasn't taught about sex. I wasn't taught about boys. It was just, you know, don't focus on study and you know do not have boyfriends or you know you're going to be in trouble so there was that fear um and when I got my period didn't know like I knew about periods but I didn't know what to do or how to use a tampon or you know so and even um also buying a bra as well I went when I was 12 years old and I studied um started high school I went from wearing a singlet in the beginning of the year to being a double d at the end of the year i didn't know anything about freaking bras and how to shop for bras and you know and that stuff wasn't really taught and to me and my mum's this conservative catholic as well so that made it really tricky do you think there's a shift now do you think um you know like there's obviously you have your own podcast and you are a counselor but like we said in the beginning you're a sexologist as so that's more your area do you think there is more of a shift now in people's mindset and their thinking and you know like I just see in gut health for example it's become a you know a bit of a fad keyword gut health and all those kinds of things not everyone fully understands it but people are more open to talking about it and identifying that you know IBS or being bloated or constipated isn't normal and shouldn't be accepted do you find in your field there's people are starting to become more aware of it and actually look for a sexologist or actually look for help with these kinds of things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, look, I still get a lot of people saying, oh, I never knew you existed or what is it that you do or do you teach people how to have sex? It's like, yeah, I do, but not the way you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's talk therapy. 
Um, and I think that it's great that, yeah, more people are open to it, but there's still a long way to go because there's still a lot of people who are caught up in the media hype. They're caught up in, yeah. I guess, religious beliefs, cultural beliefs, what they what their family taught them. Um, and I say to clients, sex is natural, but we're not taught the skills, just like relationships, right? We know that we're going to have relationships, whether it be platonic or whether it be intimate, but we're not taught how to be in a relationship. It's just, you've got to communicate, make sure you communicate well. It's like, well, what does that mean? So that's what I'm passionate about teaching people. And, you know, I pretty much have devoted my life to it. You know, we're you know looking for resources. The next podcast, what can I read? Doing courses yes. Um, yes. because I absolutely love it, and I want people to learn and understand. Because if we don't have great relationships and sometimes great sex as well, or be satisfied in our sex life, it does affect our life. It affects our lifestyle. So it plays a big part. I also think with our industry, as in yours and mine. Um, uh, social media and the internet has helped a lot because you have more access now to proper information. I mean, there is also the dodgy information, <laughs> no, but you know, people like you and me who have podcasts, who have um, you know Instagram accounts, social media accounts, um, we're able to get the message out there and educate people. So that definitely helps as well. Yeah, and to be honest, I can't even remember how I came across you. It was somewhere, something on Instagram, and I just saw your stuff. Or someone shared your podcast, or maybe it was in a networking group or something. And I was just like, this is amazing. I had never heard of sexologists. I didn't even really know what you do till I started stalking and looking through and going, this woman's amazing. This is why, why is this not normal? Why am I not seeing more of this stuff around? Like I would never have known or even known, you know, like say clients, women I work with, if they're struggling in this area, it's so out of my scope. And it's so, I don't have the information, but when we start to learn who else is in that field and who else we can learn off and refer to and actually go, Hey, there's there's answers for this kind of stuff rather than you know women going well I'm not going to go and talk to my GP about it because he doesn't care about my libido or about my orgasms or those sides of things yeah and it's funny because I think that was pretty much the deciding factor for me to go yep this is this is it this is what I was born to do hearing 60 year old men saying oh well I'm old so you know it's just it's the way it is oh, I'm probably never gonna have sex again I'm like bullshit <laughs> sorry I hope I can say that oh, you can. Go for it. rubbish you know that is not true and I think I've heard as well, like a lot of females hear that as well. Like, oh, it's just age. Or my doctor said, you know, yes. I'm older. It's the and kids. Look, I'm too yeah. busy. Yeah. And look, these are contributing factors, yes, and I'm sure we'll get into it a bit more um, in the episode, but it doesn't mean it's just that's it, that's the end, and you've just got to accept it. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, you speak my language. I think exactly the same um, on those sides of things, but specifically my area when it comes to IBS, bloating, gut pain, period pain, you know, 
missing periods, any of those kinds of things, I'm just like, no, no, you don't need to live with this stuff. You can actually find answers or solutions. So let's start with libido then. What's the go with libido? Where does it go? Why does it go? And why do more and more women seem to be struggling with low libido? Yeah, where does it go? I mean, I think... When it comes to libido, which is, I guess, another name for sex drive, um, it can be tricky. And there's a lot of research out there, and I think there's a lot of research that still needs to be done when it comes to libido. But to basically put it simply, I think, again, there's this such a um, emphasis from media and movies that, you know, sex needs to look a certain way. You need to have sex X amount of times. Um, a week, a day, whatever it might be, okay? And, look, we all have different libidos, all right? Just like we have different personalities, just like we have different tastes in cuisine. And it breaks my heart, and I keep saying to my clients as well, one of these days I'm going to end up breaking down and crying in my practice (laughs) because it just breaks my heart when a vulva owner or a female um, is sitting across from me saying, I've lost my libido or when I met my partner, we used to be, you know, having sex like rabbits and now I hardly want sex and I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. I don't know if I can be fixed. And I just think, oh, my goodness, having a low libido doesn't mean that you're broken or doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. There are contributing factors. And, yes, the hormones do play a part to a certain extent. Um, Kids, stress, stress is a big one. You know, are you unhappy in your relationship? I mean, there there are so many factors that could affect your libido. And, yeah, age does play a part as well. Um, But I think how we work on our libido and what we do about it changes over time. Yeah. We think or expect that it's just going to come back. I've lost it. I've lost the urge. I'm just going to wait. I'll just wait for it to come back. It'll come back any minute now. (laughs) Like, mm, no, it's something that we need to work on sometimes and something that we need to prioritise. And I know that might sound boring or like work or like a chore, but I guess it's like pretty much anything in life, right? We need to put work into it, just like our relationships. We need to nourish our relationships for our relationships to flourish and to grow. If we go to the gym, we need to put in the work, right, to achieve our goals. So it's a bit the same, like with libido and desire. Um, And again, it doesn't mean um, that there's something wrong with you. And yes, it can probably sound very unattractive. I've got to put in the work. Um, but it's about exploring your body and having fun. I, yeah, I think you've just called me out on my shit there because I found that for a long time I had low libido, right, like when I was oh, early 20s. Um, for about six years I wasn't having periods. I had all this gut hormone stuff going on. Um, and I thought, oh, well, I've just got low libido because, you know, I, to be fair, I didn't have any progesterone, estrogen. I was, you know, very symptomatic. but as I got better, it, I was just thinking, oh, my libido is just going to come back, you know, like, and, and it didn't. 
until mm. I sort of realized, oh, wait, I need to put time into this. I need to do self-care. I need to slow down. Going to the gym and doing CrossFit every day and just nailing my body probably is not helping. And like you said, relationships and those kinds of things. And I've never thought about it in that light. But you're 100% right. These things do take time and work. And if we don't prioritize it just like anything else in our life it's not gonna grow or or get better and yeah now I can I can see in my mind as you're talking through I'm going oh yeah that's where the counseling aspect comes into it and that's where reaching out for help comes into it and that self-care and those kinds of things you're right just sitting around and waiting it it doesn't work but if you see someone or you put that time aside or you put the effort in it's definitely going to help a hundred percent it's um yeah look it's so important and um it's sometimes it's about acceptance as well accepting that things have changed and that you might have to do things differently yeah yeah so do you think libido is then impacting orgasms and how would it impact orgasms because obviously this is something that I hear a lot then is if it's low libido and I'm not having orgasms and I'm not getting you know any enjoyment out of sex or whatever which is probably interconnected then because then why would you want to be having sex so can you break that down a bit for me around orgasms yeah so um orgasms is the peak of sexual excitement So it's a powerful feeling of pleasure and erotic sensation. And I guess you see in the movies as well, you know, the guy just touches the female and, oh, she's having all (laughs) And it's like, yeah, a load of shit. Um, And, you know, a lot of people talk about how fantastic an orgasm is and how great it feels. And you know what? It does. It does feel good. Um, But there are also a lot of people out there who have never experienced an orgasm or they've never experienced an orgasm um, during partnered sex. Um, And then, again, this can cause a bit of distress for a person. They feel that there's something wrong with them. Um, But what happens is that we get so focused and so caught up on the orgasm, I need to have an orgasm, um, you know, it's sort of like, I guess, a couple who's trying to conceive. They get so caught up in conceiving and the fun goes out of it, right? So um, it can just, you know, affect your self-esteem as well. There could be body image issues. And this also um, comes to libido as well. Um, It could be distressing that, you know what, I can't, some people say achieve, and I hate the word achieve when it comes to orgasm. I can't achieve an orgasm. So I'm just, there's something wrong with me. So there's that avoidance. And then they try and avoid sex or try and avoid partnered sex. And then, I don't know, maybe depressed. They could be down about it. It could affect their libido. And I guess when you, I know we're primarily focusing on females, but when you, a good example is, Let's say a penis owner who's experiencing um, erection issues. Um, what I see a lot is before penetrative sex, the penis owner is focused on, okay, I need to maintain an erection, need to maintain an erection, got to please my partner, da, 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 and it becomes about the performance. And next thing you know, they just, everything just turns to shit. Oh, my gosh, I lost my erection, I'm a failure, I'm this, I'm that. They're hard on themselves, right? <laughs> Maybe I should use word. <laughs> <laughs> Pun not intended. <laughs> yes. um, so then they 
most of the time become avoidant. They avoid having sex because of the failure, right? And this can happen, I guess, when it comes to libido and orgasms. Sort of a bit like, sometimes it could be a bit like the chicken and the egg. Yeah. Um, but I guess this is when it goes back to what I was saying about making time and trying to make it a priority and exploring your body and not being so focused on the orgasm or libido or, um, you know, erection issues, whatever it might be. I hope that makes sense. I kind yeah. Of- yeah, no, that that definitely, definitely does. So do you think that having an orgasm then is an important part of sex? And if you're not or you don't have an orgasm, does that take away from the enjoyment of sex? Because I do think for males, maybe there's that certain pressure sometimes, you know, like I really want to give her an orgasm, but I'm not. Or for her going, oh, I'll just fake it so then he's happy or you know then we we can move on like is do you have to be having an orgasm or what's the I think it's important um the importance of an orgasm depends on the individual there are some people who've never experienced an orgasm and they're okay with that there are some people who've never experienced an orgasm and they're distressed by it there are some people who can only experience an orgasm during masturbation but when it comes to partnered sex, they have difficulties and it could be because, you know, they are scared to um, let go. Yeah. You know, yep. it's a control thing. Yep. It could be bad sexual experience. It could be body image. It could be so being so focused on the orgasm. Yep. And I think it's important to enjoy the journey, enjoy the experience. So hey, I've never experienced a partner, you know, um, orgasm during partnered sex and I'd like to experience it. So I'll talk to my partner about, you know, things that we can do, maybe um, different touch, different sensations, different positions that we can try in order to try and experience it. But also know that that's not going to be the focus and we're going to enjoy each other's, um, you know, company, enjoy the touch, enjoy connecting and also understand that it might take a few goes and it's okay. So I think that's the important thing when it comes to orgasm. And, yes, it's amazing. Um, It feels great. Like I said, it is the peak of sexual excitement. Um, But every time you have sex you don't have to have an orgasm you can have sex without having an orgasm and still enjoy it it can still be pleasure yeah Um, and also sex doesn't have to be penetrative as well sex can be mutual masturbation it can be oral sex um yeah so there's there's different ways of well sex i think is a big umbrella and there are you know different um ways of having sex yeah I think uh, I mean I agree with everything that you're saying obviously um but also I'm thinking about what we talked about just briefly before the start of this podcast and how there's so many um external factors that can be influencing sex or the enjoyment of sex and orgasms and things but there is a lot going on there's a lot going on in your brain often (laughs) for females or for males as well but there's there's a lot going on inside your head as well and then there's 
Also, there might be other factors. Like you said, it might be body image, which is impacting how you're feeling or how you're responding. Um, but then it might even be, like we said before, there might be some gut stuff going on. There might be some pain. There might be hormonal stuff. There might be endometriosis links. There might be bloating. There might be, like, there's there's so much in it to unpack it is is quite a big thing but you just pulled out the key thing was communication Mm -hmm. if you can if you can talk about that between two people whoever it is if you can actually unpack that and say this is what I'm feeling and this is why it's not working or I want to try this or you know can, can we do this differently or I I I need I need a week off because I just I just want to get my gut sorted first and stop this bloating because I feel awful like you know like if you can unpack that then I think that's so powerful because then you're both on the same page rather than feeling like you you're in this thing that you have to do because you've got to check that box then all of a sudden well sure of course that's going to impact orgasms of course it's going to impact libido because who wants to look at sex like a shopping list right like it's just it shouldn't be like that exactly exactly it's something that you both enjoy it's a pleasurable experience and it's you know a part of connecting as well and yeah you're right i'm talking about sex communicating about sex with your sexual partner is so important um how else will you get your needs met you know, how else are you going to be on the same page or for your partner to understand? I mean, like you said, oh, I'm feeling a bit bloated or I'm having gut problems or I'm feeling unattractive at the moment. I mean, rather than avoid or withdraw, then, hey, talk to your partner about it. Hey, I'm not feeling like penetrative sex today because of X, Y and Z, but is there anything else that maybe we could do? Um, You know, maybe mutual masturbation or, you know, oral sex or whatever it might be. Or are you okay to maybe, you know, do solo masturbation? So, yeah, it's about talking about it. Um, So you both understand. And studies also show that couples who talk about sex have better sex. Yeah, yeah, that that would make sense. So if a female or a male or someone presented to you saying, hey, like I'm struggling with low libido or I'm struggling with orgasms, what are some of the practical tips or things or, you know, that you might say to them, like, go work on this or go work on that? Or how would you approach that with somebody or someone listening today going, oh, I yes, I need to work on this. What are some of the things I can be doing? Yeah. Well, firstly, I um, explore what's happening with the person's life. You know, it could be a stressful job. Um, they could be unhappy in their relationship. Maybe they have depression and the um, medications that they're on is affecting their libido. Um, there, you know, there are so many factors, like we mentioned a few times, body image as well. Um, that's a big one. I'm not happy with my body. I feel fat. I don't want my partner to see me. Um, so I try and avoid sex and because I haven't had it for so long, it's now this elephant in the room and I don't feel like sex, but my partner's distressed. I mean, that's something I hear a lot. We've got kids and I haven't had a good night's sleep in so long. I mean, there are so many things. So I explore that and I explore, um, you know, like stress management or we work on um, management tools in order to work on that and mindfulness as well, because being present in the moment is so, so, so important 
important. And what I suggest to my clients is, you know, work on meditation or start meditation. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a half hour one. It can even be a five minute one just to start with, right? And the reason why I say that is because you need to be present and connect with your body. So I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard it. I know I hear it a lot. Um, oh, well, you know, when I'm having sex, I'm thinking about the washing I've got to do and then the, the dinner and da, 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 you know, just like, oh my God, that's really unsexy. Um, you're not present in the moment. The other thing is um, I get my clients to work on masturbation. It's so important to connect with your body, to, um, you know, work on different sensations. How does it feel? What turns you on? What feels good? What's not so great? Because if you don't know what you like and what turns you on, then it's hard to express that to your partner, right? And I also suggest that to my clients who um, might have difficulties having an orgasm. So it's, I say it starts with you first, you know, the stress management and stress levels need to work on that um, to, you know, scheduling or setting aside some time to masturbate, to have sex with your partner. And I hear a lot of, oh, that's not sexy. Or I want it to be spontaneous. It's like, yeah. And how's that working for you at the moment? <laughs> it's not right so and sometimes we just have to schedule these things because the dynamics change in life oh suddenly we've got you know all these bills that we need to pay and we've got kids that we need to consider or we're working long hours or whatever it might be and um you know sex five times a day, five times a week or whatever it used to be when you first started dating is no longer reality. And it's like, but that is okay. Don't try and recreate that. It's about co-creating. Look at what's happening in the here and now. Um, what, you know, what's maybe causing the biggest stress or what could be the, the barriers or could be pain, like you've mentioned. Um, you know, I've got a lot of pain. Um, so I get scared when I'm about to have penetrative sex. Okay, great. What about when you touch yourself? What about when you use fingers? And also that's, um, I think, especially with my clients who do experience pain, um, I get them to, you know, maybe use a bit of lube and to um, play with, you know, the, the vulva, the labia, um, maybe insert fingers in the um, vagina as well, just to see, okay, the, the pain threshold. Okay, is this painful? Right, so you know that's off limits. Or if you insert a sex toy, is that painful? No, that works or that doesn't work. Okay, so then you know what's painful, what's not painful, um, and it's easier again, to communicate that with your sexual partner. I also urge clients who are not um, not feeling the best physically, as in, um, you know, experiencing pain, if there's bleeding, maybe even bloating as well, um, to go get checked out as well, because that's really, really important. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head on so many areas there. There's so many things that I know people who listen to this podcast or people I speak to daily do struggle with. It's finding that balance. It's finding a new balance. It's talking to your partner. It's communication. It's that self-care. It's that, you know, prioritizing that. And then like you said as well, if there is something else serious going on it, it is finding help for that just like if someone's struggling and needs to see a counselor well it's you know sometimes you just need to reach out and you need to ask for support on these different topics and things because we can't expect to know it all and be it all and 
do it all alone. So yeah, thank you so much for shedding light on that. I do think there's so much in there that's not only practical, but also informative and also opens the eyes of people saying, hey, like sometimes stuff isn't okay, or sometimes it is, or, you know, knowing where to reach and sort of what's normal and not as well is is really good. And to question it, like you said at the start, to go, hey, actually, I don't need to live like this. Sex doesn't need to be like this. There's there's so much more to it. it like I said, it doesn't have to be a chore or low libido isn't a thing. So thank you so much for pulling that apart. And I'm sure there's plenty of people listening to this going, oh, I need to re-listen to that or I wonder what she said about that. So can you just tell me and the others where we can go for more information or reach out and find you? Obviously, I will link it into the show notes, but if you can just give us a quick spill, that would be amazing. Absolutely. So my website is Heidi G Counseling. Um, I'm also on Instagram and TikTok as well, um, Heidi G Spot. Um, so yes, and I'm working on more um, videos to put out there as well. Um, sometimes making a fool of myself on video just <laughs> to get your attention. If that's what I need to do to educate, then I will bloody well do it. <laughs> Good on you. I respect that. And I think anyone who's willing to put themselves out there for the sake of other people deserves that because, yeah, sometimes we do need to just try and stop the scroll or stop the this and be like, hey, actually listen to this. This is important. It's more important than that, you know, bit of shopping or that bit of advertising you're going to see. This is about your health. So listen up. And pleasure. And we all deserve pleasure. So that's, you know, that's really important. Um, the other thing I forgot to mention as well, that I have a podcast called The G-Spot. So. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do. So I would definitely link that in as well because I love the sound of your voice. Other people will love the sound of your voice. And sometimes it's just listening to a nice voice when you do things around the house. That is amazing. But also all the information you will provide on there. I feel like today we've barely even touch the surface of your wealth and knowledge and things that you can share so people do go listen to her podcast and um stalk her on instagram <laughs> watch some of her videos send us a love um but yeah thank you so so much for being here today i really really appreciate it i appreciate your time and what you've shared so yeah thank you Oh, thank you. Um, yes, like you said, it's just, you know, we barely touched the surface. It's such a big topic and it's something that I'm so passionate about. But thank you so much for having me. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Pleasure. No worries. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.